going, everybody? I'm AJ Cueve. Welcome to another episode of AJ Rants About. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Frozen, the 2010 thriller slash horror movie. So it's worth noting that this isn't the first time I've seen this movie. I saw it once about 10 years ago, and that was before I actually started really studying film. So my thoughts on it have definitely changed. As I mentioned during the uh, the normal podcast, one of my things that I really enjoy doing on my days off is just watching, uh, they're not necessarily exclusively horror or thriller. I just, I like good uh, original concept movies, simple concept movies. And I find that horror and thriller tend to lend themselves to original concepts. Uh, for example, Frozen, the movie I'm going to be talking about, the concept is what if three people got stuck on one of those chairlifts at like a, a ski lodge? What if they got stuck on one of those? And that's the entire movie. So the movie starts with the introduction of our three main characters. You have uh, Emma Bell, who plays the character Parker. You have Kevin, who plays Dan, and Sean, who plays Joe. And basically the opening scene is telling us that Parker is the kind of new girlfriend of Dan, and Joe is kind of the third wheel because uh, he's J uh, Dan's best friend. And as the scene goes on, you learn that Parker's technically the third wheel because this ski trip is a bro trip, typically between Dan and Joe. And Dan, Joe's like, you know, hey, you know, your girlfriend's cool, but come on, man, can we just kind of be each other for a minute, like be bros for a minute? Like, I don't understand why she has to tag along. And Dan's like, come on, man, she's cool. And he's she, Joe's like, yeah, I know, but come on, this is our thing. So Parker flirts with the, uh, well, it's a whole thing. They force her basically to flirt with the uh the chairlift attendee because i guess they don't want to pay for the for the full sea lift charge i don't go skiing i don't know the rules but i guess it costs a lot of money to use the chairs and uh, they only have like so much money so she does her thing the dude's like fine whatever go ahead so they go up the mountain ski have a good time you learn parker's really garbage at skiing she hasn't done this a lot and they go to the lodge to kind of eat and uh, joe's like look you know, it's fine doing the little like bunny hills all day, but can we please actually go up and like do some fun skiing? And so Parker and Dan relent and they're like, all right, fine, let's go. So it's really, really late. It's uh, nighttime now. And they go to the ski lift guy and he's like, no, we're closed. And they're like, well, come on. He's like, no, like it's not just like it's dark. It's the weather's about to get bad. And no, you're not going up. And they're like, please. And he's like, okay, because, you know, plot. And, uh, so they go up on the thing and, uh, another, another guy, another worker shows up and like, Hey man, do you, the manager wants to see you. He's like now. And he's like, yeah, she's like, ah, oh, crap. All right. And, uh, on his way out, he's like, Oh, by the way, there's three people on their way down. Then you're good to go. And, uh, the new guy is like, all right. And as that's happening, three random people come down the mountain. I guess they were going up. So I guess the attendee dude just in a moment of panic forgot that there were technically six people up on the mountain. So the new guy sees, all right, three more people. So that's it. Shuts it down. And as the three main characters are going up the mountain in the chairs, it just stops. And they're like, huh. Parker starts freaking out. Dan's like, oh, we're going to be okay. He's kind of the, uh, like the, uh, level headed one while Joe's kind of like the sarcastic -y friend is like, oh, this is how we die. Huh? And uh, Parker's just like, hey, panic, I'm panicking. And they're like, chill, chill, chill. So, that I mean, that's really, the setup, I got to give them credit. The setup came pretty quick because the movie is a pretty tight hour and a half, which with a very simple concept like this, 
you really can't drag on more than beyond an hour and a half. So they pretty quickly put the characters in the dire situation. That way the real quote movie can start. So this type of genre and I'm trying to think of like, I mean, like 127 hours, uh, these like survival it's it. And the reason I was hesitant when I first started this uh, episode calling it horror, it's not outright horror, but the situation is inherently scary. So, I mean, it's, it's literally you, you're going to die your, your exposure. Cause you're in the middle. It's, you're in a snowy mountain. You're hoisted up in the air and you can't get down. They're way too high above the, the ground, the, the, the mountain, the hill. So it's them trying to work out how on earth they get out of this awful situation. So, uh, there's like, it's funny trying to explain exactly, uh, what goes on in this movie is kind of difficult because it's an hour and a half, but like the bullet points here are, they are trying to figure out how to get down because I mean, initially they're like in denial about like clearly the thing's gonna come back on we're good they remember us and after a bit they're like maybe they're he's not coming back and then suddenly like the lights turn off like that was kind of uh lighting up the mountain they all turn off so now they're in the blackness like the moon is like their light and that's when the panic really starts to set in and uh fun little cameo uh there's like a guy driving a truck a little like a bulldozer type truck up the mountain. And so they're trying to get his attention. They're like, Hey, we're stuck. And the dude, it's snowing really starting to snow pretty bad. And the guy driving the, tr- uh, the truck is Kane Hodder, which for those of you not film heads, he is famously one of the most, he's probably the most famous, uh, Jason from the Friday, the 13th movies. He is a very prominent figure in, in horror. So a uh, fun little cameo there. And like they're trying to get his attention and he's going up the mountain, not seeing them. And then all of a sudden he gets a radio call. Hey man, go ahead and come down. The storm's getting too bad. And he's like, all right. So then he goes back down the hill and it's kind of like the, the moment where like people, I don't know, like on a deserted Island or something, you see like the plane fly by and they're like, help, and they don't see them. And that's kind of like the barely moment. I'm sure that's, it's a classic trope and I'm sure there's an official name for that, but he goes away. And so the three of them are just stuck on the ski lift and they're trying everything to like think their way out. They're like, okay, I can, we can try to fall down. They're like, no, dude, that's way too high. They're like, we'll just wait it out. And they realize that it's Sunday and this is a ski resort, which I guess the next day it's open is Friday. So they're basically going to be up there for a week, uh, which they will not survive until then. So after a couple hours of them just sitting there, that's when they start trying to figure out how to get down. And so, like that sentence in and of itself is probably a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And so I'll say while there isn't a lot that goes on in this movie, the acting is tremendous. And that's something that it's with this type of movie, you have to have good actors. Otherwise this, this movie could be really dumb because there's not a lot going on. And most of the dialogue is like kind of uh background on the characters and explaining the relationship and you got the character of joe played by sean ashmore which side note that's the dude who played uh uh iceman ironically enough uh in the x-men movies he played uh one of the the characters in that new it came new i said it came out last year uh man of medan uh the game from the the dudes that and the, the crew that made uh until dawn so he he was the the dude i recognized the the most of the the three people so 
uh, he's kind of the Joker, jokey type one who's like, they're like freezing and shivering. He's like, okay, top uh, three celebrities you do. That kind of character. Like that basically encapsulates his character. But as you, as the story goes on, the movie goes on, as the characters are like kind of forced to interact with each other because they're stuck, the dialogue is well written enough to where it's interesting, but the actors really deliver because also like the panic uh, of the situation sets in and like a lot of because the, they're think about it just from like logistically from a movie standpoint the characters there's three characters basically in the entirety of this movie and they're in a chair they're sitting down in a chair hoisted above the ground so you can't do too much dynamically with the camera you can't move you know to another scene this is the setting for almost the entirety of the movie probably 98 percent of the movie is right there so you have to have good actors who are able to keep the movie going and you also have to have good writing, which the writing is good. It's okay. I think the actors absolutely carry the load of the movie and they did a fantastic job of uh, conveying intimacy and uh, camaraderie and you, it's kind of like how in the, the only movie I can think of right now, I'm sure I'll think of a thousand later, but the only movie I can think of right now similar to this is like 127 hours where like James Franco has to act in, in, in a way that makes you as the audience be like, yeah, okay. You, you clearly, you have to do the, the, the dumb thing now, the extreme thing to escape the situation. So as time goes on, uh, the character Dan is like, screw it. I have to jump. It's the only way down. And they are, uh, and I got to give the, the cinematographer uh, credit and the director credit. Uh, they do a cool job of like showing you how high they are above the ground in a way that otherwise could have been difficult uh, because this is a super, super low budget movie. And so it's not like they could just do like a big, cool 3D shot of like showing how high they are above the ground. So they do cool shots like up close to the ground and showing them high up in the air. It's just film stuff that makes me all giddy. But so after a moment, Dan fall, like throws himself. He jumps off the, the chair and destroys his legs. And this part is a little wonky with the budget showing, but it absolutely does its job. The sound is fantastic and his legs are broken and he starts screaming and it's, it's, it's really awful. And, uh, it's, it, I got to give the, uh, again, the actors credit, like, uh, Parker played by Emma Bell does a great job of like, you feel so bad for her. Her boyfriend's the one who shattered his legs, but like she feels so hopeless and helpless in that scene. Cause she's like trapped in this chair and can't help him. She wants to help him. So he's screaming. And then all of a sudden, and this is something I definitely, I'm going to mention uh, a little after I, finish telling you what happens in the movie wolves show up and they're like you they start throwing crap at it and he starts like kind of screaming at it the wolf runs away and they're like that was close and time goes on a bit and he they're like can you move and he's like i can't he's like screaming he's like, i can't freaking move i'm stuck so uh they look around and uh sean ashmore's character joe looks and he's like maybe i can climb down the uh the cable that's holding up the chair, maybe I can kind of like shimmy my way down to a lower car, uh, like a low, lower chair, to, uh, and then try to see if I can jump from there, or maybe I'll just keep going. He's like, however many chairs it takes to get to a, a spot where I can land safely and not destroy my legs. 
and uh dan's character is like your or dan is like you have to be careful that cables razor sharp which good on the writer because in this situation in this, these types of movies clearly you're as, as the audience is like you're trying to think how would i survive in this situation how would i think my way out of the situation and so it's the job of the writer to eliminate all possibilities so uh I don't know if it's true. I'm assuming it actually is that that cable is razor sharp. And so as Joe starts uh, shimmering, shimmering, uh, climbing his way down, I was trying to say shimmy, climbing his way down the cable, you like his gloves start getting cut, like kind of uh, cut apart and his hands start getting cut into by this sharp cable. And as he's kind of making some way, all of a sudden he goes, oh no, and like climbs back and uh, the character's like, what or uh, the character's like, what, what, what? Parker's like, what, what's going on? And Dan, Joe's like, don't look. And then you see Dan on the, on the ground and there's a pack of wolves, like five, six wolves. And this part's pretty awful. Dan's like, don't let her look. And so Joe's like kind of holding Parker's head, looking at him, like, don't, don't break eye contact. Look at me. And, uh, unfortunately we get our first death of the movie. Dan gets, destroyed mutilated by the wolves uh, they don't show it too much again budget but the sounds are just awful and like uh nauseating and that's almost more effective because the whole time we're looking at parker who is god emma bell i is a great actress she is just freaking out justifyingly so and it's just it's gross it's such a gross scene so exit Dan. So now we're down to two characters, Joe and Parker. They sit there for a bit and like they, you get more intimacy between them, not in a romantic way, but just in like a little backstory of like, uh, Sean Ashmore does this great monologue about how, you know, basically he's blaming Parker for Dan's death. And he's like, you know, if you would have just not tried to force yourself into all of these situations and, you know, he, my best friend would have been alive. And like, you really feel bad for Sean and you feel awful for Parker. Who's, you know, basically accepting the guilt, but you get the feeling and he quickly realizes they're, he's, they're mourning, you know, their friend was killed in, in a horrible, horrible way. And, uh, it's them dealing with it. So they, they quickly like embrace, try to share some body warmth and they're both kind of mourning Dan. And, uh, Joe's like, you know what? We're not going to live another day. Uh, so he starts like climbing down the, the railing and just shredding his hands apart, makes it to the next car, uh, the, the chairs, uh, sees that the wolves have come back. He goes down the, um, there's like a ladder on the big, uh, poles that are holding up all the chairs. Every so many, you know, every so much distance, there's a big pole with a ladder. He climbs down and he, uh, he gets his like ski. I don't know. I'm super ignorant to skiing. This little ski stick thing and, uh, fights off one of the wolves and like hops onto a, uh, snowboard and like tries to go down the mountain. And we don't, we just see a bunch of wolves chase him down as that's happening. Parker's the chair uh collapses fa- falls down and uh it it falls but kind of like holds itself by a by the rope and then falls more so basically it's the plot of how she managed to survive the fall because it like falls catches something and then falls again so it's less force she lands down there her ankles all jacked up and she starts like crawling her way out and she passes unfortunately Joe's body who he didn't make it the wolves got him she crawls her way down and like the wolves look at her and then they're like, Oh, we're good. We're going to eat this dude. And, uh, Parker goes and she spots a car, gets its attention. The car picks her up and takes her home and she lives. That's the end of the movie. 
I can't emphasize enough how me describing the movie is a complete injustice to the movie itself. I really liked this movie. I thought the movie was okay the first time I saw it, but looking at it now from a filmmaker standpoint, as I'm writing screenplays myself, I'm in I'm impressed by how this movie came to be and how a very simple plot managed to make a pretty decent movie. Uh the the thing I mentioned before and that I'm going to mention now is the inclusion of the wolves you need the wolves, uh, you know, unfortunately, unless you want to get pretty brave and have like actual like yetis or something, because you have to have another element because it, it would be ridiculous to have the whole movie be about them stuck on the, the chair and all they have to do is get down. There's not enough stakes there. You need something and it makes perfect sense for there to be wolves on this mountain. So it can seem a little silly that in this movie, the biggest threat is the wolf or the wolves. Uh, that, I mean, it can look like that from a really shallow point of view. If you look at it beyond, the biggest threat was exposure because <clears throat> what happened during the movie, and I didn't mention, was like uh, Parker is getting really bad frostbite all on her face. And like there's a scene where like her hand, uh, she falls asleep and then woke up and her hand was like holding the, the rail, the safety rail of the chair. And she like, it's frozen to the to the rail so she has to like pry her skin off the rail and it's really gross they do a great practical job uh with that scene uh the exposure it's they you get the idea of they're going to freeze to death if they don't start doing the extreme things which again with these types of movies you have to have that extra motivator to get the plot moving and this movie does a good job it very realistically and quickly gets you past the whole like scream for help we'll just wait it out we'll be okay they quickly move past that and it dives straight into the all right well i guess we got our just jump i guess that kind of thing and uh the biggest uh takeaway from this movie was just really how do you write good dialogue between characters who can't do anything they're stuck and so you just you get characters going like hey uh, remember when back in whatever grade when we blah 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 like it's you get that kind of thing and so you're just building relationship and exposing the relationship between the three characters so I got to give the film absolute credit I'm just picturing the screenplay and how that must have been it's like uh exterior ch- uh mountainside on the chairlift and that's the it that's it there's no, like no more there's like no cut twos or anything that's the entirety of the movie takes place on that chair so I enjoyed it. Uh, I found myself pretty anxious, even though I'd already seen the movie, which is interesting. And again, it's just good tension building. Uh, it's well, it's well shot, and the noise, the sounds. I got to give them credit for really help convey a lot of stuff. So you, you, the sounds of, uh, the guy's gloves being cut apart and hand getting dug into by the 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 cable, and the sound obviously of the wolves, uh killing and eating uh dan you you don't have to see a lot of that stuff the movie uses its strengths of sound to let you see it imagine it kind of thing and so great job the only thing that i'll kind of complain about is the the opening bits were a little bit wonky you know the you gotta just you gotta start this movie and so like the opening scene was like this uh like helicopter shot of the mountain and you just in like you get like 
punk music playing and you kind of to me it really really screamed late 90s early 2000s teen horror movie like like slasher type movie where it's just like some 41 kind of thing and you just see a bunch of dudes drinking girls dancing that type of attitude uh in the opening of the movie so it's kind of a misleading opening in my opinion but uh once you get past all that and the movie starts you know unquote with the characters on the chair stuck that's when the strengths really come out and i won't say that i didn't get bored during parts of it uh I think they could have trimmed another 10 to 15 minutes maybe off the movie and maybe made it an hour 20, but obviously, you know, you got to make this a feature film. And so I feel like an hour and a half is kind of the minimum standard for like a movie to be taken kind of seriously. Uh, and we can have a whole conversation about that, but the, the actors do a great, great job of carrying this movie basically on their shoulders because they're the ones who are doing, I say all the work, obviously people shooting the movie are doing a ton of the work, but as far as uh, the viewers go, we're just watching three characters talk to each other. And so the movie does a good job of uh, le- uh, leaning into that strength with a uh, very good, I'll call it very good dialogue. It seems natural. There are a few moments where it's kind of like the wonky, like, uh, sorry, I just smoke so much pot kind of thing. Like it's a little bit like, okay, I get it. This dude based on, uh, his attitude towards the other characters and literally the clothes he's wearing, he's wearing a lot of green and orange and stuff. Like I get it. He's the party dude. Uh, a, a small, small bit of moments there that could have been tightened up a little bit more. I guess that's the thing is the movie. If I, if I would have done anything to it, I would have just tightened it up just a little bit more. I think the uh, the horror elements were done, you know, por- perfectly for what the budget and stuff was. Uh, I think the situation is scary. Uh, I've gone on those kind of ski chair things before, and it is, you know, a scary idea of okay, what if this thing just stopped and we're stuck? And so, uh, it's it's interesting, and I think that the the uh, the concept is good enough to sell the movie alone, and the movie was really a lot. That's the biggest thing, better than it needed to be. This type of movie, uh, another one I just thought of was the, uh, I think it's called Hunger. It's the the one where there's the, these people who are kidnapped by a dude and stuck in a, basically a, a hole in the ground and for like a month and they're not given any food. They have water and stuff. And basically it's uh, them having to come to terms that they have to eat each other. It, it, that type of like, it's the situational horror. I guess that's the, the genre I'll call this. Uh, Cause it's not like, Oh, there's a monster there. No. I mean, it's just, this is an awful, awful situation to be in. So the movie is really fun. I watched it on Amazon video. It's, it came out in 2010. So I'm sure it's available on a lot of platforms, a lot better than it needed to be. The director and uh, is also the writer who's Adam green. He also wrote uh hatchet, which I run and ran directed it ironically enough, which also had Kane Hodder play Jason uh, I guess he wrote for the Friday the 13th game. I I don't know. I, I haven't done a ton of research into that. But, I mean, that's the big ones that that uh, that I, I, I've i seen him in or, like, seen his work of. I guess he did Hatchet 2, and uh, I didn't see I didn't see his other stuff. But this movie is a definite, definite standout of this, of this genre. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Out of 10... I'm going to give it a six. It was good. 
I would recommend this movie to people. Uh, there are parts of it that need, that could be fixed, that could be tightened up, but all in all, good movie. I would, uh, I would watch it again, probably in a probably, it probably won't take me another 10 years, but I'll watch it again soonish. But if you like this, uh, this episode, please let me know. Uh, if there's other things you want me to check out, let me know. Be sure to stay tuned for uh, the genre geeks, uh, the main cast. We are streaming on Twitch now. We're on twitch.tv slash genre geeks. And that's where we're shooting our podcast live now. So if you want to interact with the show, ask us questions, give us uh, topics to talk about, drop in there and we'll give you a shout out and we'll definitely try to answer any questions you have. We have a lot of emails this week. I don't know why. We appreciate all you listeners and uh, got a couple memes that we are, me, Darren and Matt are just humbled and in love with. We love these memes you guys are sending us. Uh, that's on our Facebook page. So uh, if you have a topic or a question that you want to send in that you want read on the podcast, send us an email at genregeekscast at gmail.com. Check us out on all of your favorite platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple, or I'm sorry, uh, Google Podcasts. And until next time, bye.